Hi, welcome to Your Cron, short for Your Chronicles. I'm your host, Scott Pitney. Your Cron is a podcast where we chronicle ordinary people and their extraordinary stories. We refer to ordinary people on this show as people who are non-celebrities. Our goal is simple, entertain our audience and perhaps even inspire and educate. At the same time, our guests build a part of their legacy through this unique audio opportunity. So let's get right to our next extraordinary story. My next guest, I've been looking forward to speaking with this hilarious gentleman. His story started August 22nd, 1983, when Angel sang, horns blared, and the foundation of the earth itself shook. For that was the day that Mike Trask blasted out of the birth canal, looking like Superman, flying full tilt to save Lois Lane from impending doom. You know, minus the Clark Kent good looks and the superpowers. Born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire, wherever the hell that is, from a young age, he dreamed of playing in the NHL, scoring the Stanley Cup, <laughs> clinching goal for the Boston Bruins in overtime in Game 7. It didn't take long to realize that dream wouldn't happen because he sucked. Not having a plan B, he spent most of his adult years floundering in mediocrity, saving those magical weeks and months spent with supermodels and starlets on his imaginary yacht. Ah, those good days. Author of the Dead Drive series, Mike has spent considerable time and energy writing about the zombie apocalypse, both the silly side of it and the serious. The horrors of the new world post-apocalypse, the drive to survive, and the desire to still enjoy the little things wherever possible. When interviewed by numerous prestigious media outlets, Mike said, quote, the Dead Drive series is the only thing I've done in this life that I'm proud of, unquote. If that doesn't make it worth a read, I don't know what does. Check them out. Mike, you have set the bar high with that introduction. Welcome you know, to your Quran, my friend. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, it sounds way more ridiculous <laughs> when when somebody else is reading it out loud to me. So, yeah, I might have been tired that day or just, you know, retarded in general so <laughs> i think it sounds good i tell you what it makes me want to read it that's for sure so and I'm, I'm mostly a non-fiction guy so it, since we're on that note is uh we'll, we'll get more into the, the series later but uh correct me if i'm wrong is this sort of a, a a blend of fiction and non-fiction well it's I really struggled to explain it, which, you know, is always good when you're trying to sell books <laughs> and you're the guy who wrote it and you're having trouble explaining it. But I don't like billing it just as uh, a book about zombies. Cause it's not, it's a, you know, it's a late bloomers coming of age. Like this guy who just like, like <laughs> I mean, the biography <laughs> on Amazon is true on some level, mm -hmm. you know, he's fla floundering and mediocrity stuck in his nine to five. It's a good enough job that it's a trap for him because, you know, he didn't go to college or anything. So he's just kind of looking for his purpose in life and just never finding it, but knowing that he's called for more. And uh, then the zombie apocalypse happens because a, uh, <laughs> an international coffee chain that, rhymes with fart butts i didn't want to get sued uh, <laughs> they get tainted coffee beans and it turns everybody who drinks fart butts into zombies so and lo and behold this guy finds out <clears throat> excuse me that his uh his calling is to dominate the zombie apocalypse and <laughs> rescue people and just be as helpful as he can be that that sounds like one hell of a cup of coffee <laughs> yeah, well, listen, if you're going to pay $47 for a cup of coffee, it better, it better have some punch. You know? <laughs> Where do you get that discounted price? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. Because <laughs> uh, I tell you what, we were, I, I visited the West Coast, and uh, that was before they had any Dunkin' Donuts. And I really think Dunkin' should sponsor this book, by the way. Lots of free advertising in it for them. And I had to have this coffee chain for a full week, and it was the most expensive part of the trip. 
<laughs> like, cool. I, I flew out to California to take out a loan to drink coffee. <laughs> and your credit score went down, right? <laughs> it did. That stupid friggin' Equifax thing. <laughs> now you're you're uh, you're you're talking to us uh, from New Hampshire, correct? Yes. So, so you, most... you you are in Dunkin' Donut land. Oh yeah, the the birthplace of of good coffee, I guess. Uh, I know a lot of people on the you know Pacific Northwest would have, would disagree with that, but you know it's just it's the blue collar man's coffee, you know Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, we we used to, of course, I'm in Texas, Houston area, right. and uh, we used to when I was a kid, we had a Dunkin' Donuts a few blocks away. I rode my bike to all the time. Of course, I wasn't drinking their coffee, but I was slamming as many donuts as my lawn cutting money <laughs> could afford. And uh, you know, when I did uh, in my adult life, did drink their coffee. I thought it was was excellent. But uh, cor- correct solid me, solid coffee. It's it is solid. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there menu? I've seen some commercials. Is there is their menu kind of changing up a bit? I mean, more l- less frosting and sugar, and more I don't know uh, breakfast. Uh, I don't know muffins and stuff. Well, the the one nearest has like chicken fingers now. I don't yeah. know what that's all about, but. It's like they're getting away from what makes them awesome. And although they have a, uh, a waffle witch right now, that is just phenomenal. Oh, <laughs> it's a sweet, that. a sweet maple bacon oh, waffle, okay. Belgian waffle. It's like, you know, if you want to have a heart attack while you're eating breakfast, I do. you know, it's good for that. Yes, I do. I, do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I'm going to go, I, you know, I, I love breakfast. It's my favorite meal. So uh, after this, I'm going to buy my uh, my ticket to Boston and I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. It's starting to turn in a, in, into an infomercial for Duncan. So I'm going to have to film for this. <laughs> but uh, <I> agree. <laughs> uh, so since that horn blaring day on August 22nd, 1983, <laughs> where is a good place to start your extraordinary story mike well um i don't really know because i've lived a less than uh flashy life you know i worked at the same place for the last 15 years mm-hmm. and before that i mean try not to be too impressed but i worked at blockbuster video yeah that was the <laughs> fast track to success that <laughs> well you know i i see you as a visionary now because we all know where blockbuster went <laughs> right it was uh i mean listen i looking back it was some of the most fun times of my life because i was 19 i wasn't living at home i was living with a friend and and i was also driving the zamboni at the local ice arena which was pretty awesome you know especially for a kid who loves hockey and let me tell you if you want to pick up chicks drive a zamboni don't drive a ferrari <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay let's you know what, stop you know right else? there no i okay yeah i gotta back up tell me what that is and why i need that instead of a ferrari the zamboni is the uh the machine that cleans the ice in between periods at a hockey game that's why i don't know what that is okay <laughs> <laughs> you do have team uh, you do have a team in texas you know yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. North of here. I mean, way north of here. But uh, yeah, well, we have a minor league. Well, I, I don't know if we have one still in Houston or not. But anyway, uh, mute point. So I, I know it. So it, it it's that machine. Now, we do have an ice rink here in Houston yep. now, the gallery. And I've seen that machine. It's got the brushes and it goes around. And it's actually hypnotizing in some in some ways for me to watch that thing. It's really fun to do, uh, except for when the, the dump tank fills with snow and shoots back on you in the middle of uh, <laughs> cleaning it during a hockey game and all the all the fans are there watching it and mocking you incessantly because so, <laughs> you look like a snowman. But that only happened once or twice. So, <laughs> Other than that, man, that was that was probably the most fun job I've ever had was working at the, the ice arena. But I've always enjoyed writing. It's something that I've always done. It's just a matter of... <clears throat> This is the first time I've ever done anything where I thought it was not crappy. So I figured I I would uh, actually give it a shot and self-publish it on Amazon and then go from there, you know? Sure. And we'll we'll put uh, the Dead Drive series information on yourcron.com so uh, folks know how to get a hold of the books. And uh, you said you've always enjoyed writing. Do you, do you remember how old you were? I mean, besides what they make us do in school where you just outside of school, just said, man, I, I like to write. But about what age were you? 
Um, I still have some stuff from before I went to kindergarten. My mom kept a lot of uh, just stupid stuff that I wrote and, and dreams. Of course, like I can't draw to say, sorry, I have the hiccups. Great timing. I can't draw. <laughs> I can't draw to save my life. My stick figures look fat, but um, <laughs> and I'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm definitely not saying that my early uh, writing work was Shakespearean. It was all about. Uh, like Paddington, for example, I had, I had emotional problems. So, <laughs> but <laughs> as a joke, I didn't really have emotional problems. Well, at four, uh, I was, yeah, that's, that'd be another yeah. podcast right there. I was to, a very to deep explore that one. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, just um, all, all through all through elementary school and middle school, I was just writing dumb stories about. Uh, triumph and hockey games and <laughs> all this other stupid stuff. Reading back now, it's uh, horrible, but entertaining, <laughs> which is good. And then, I don't know, it's just one of those things where I'd stop doing it for a while and then picked it up again. We had a workplace conversation about <laughs> The Walking Dead and who would you save in the zombie apocalypse. And it just kind of gave me a really good idea for a book because it's never been told from a perspective of somebody who lives north of the Mason Dixon. You know, everybody <laughs> in the walking dead's like, Oh, winter's coming. Yeah. It's going to be a really chilly 60 degrees for you. That's going to be really rough. <laughs> like 60 degrees for us is like when you start to take your pants off. You know? <laughs> yeah. They seem to always be sweating on that show. Yeah. It's really gross, you know? <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm one of those people that can't help but think of the like disgusting things. Uh, for example, I'm getting way off track here, but with Game of Thrones, I don't know. Do you, do you watch Game of Thrones? I haven't gotten to that one, but I can talk dead uh, all day long. So, uh, <laughs> okay. but, but, go, but go ahead, finish your thought, please. <laughs> well, in Game of in Game of Thrones, they're in this uh, Jon Snow's with his wildling girl, like Igret. It's so sad that I can remember her name. But there's is really like sexy scene in this hot spring, and they're about to, you know make whoopee as the kids are saying these days and, <laughs> and all i was <laughs> i thought that's what, i thought that's what my grandpa was saying these days. yeah it, it was okay <laughs> well you know how things fashion comes full circle so it may be bad yeah. okay gotcha. we, we, we have some retro whoopee action up here so uh, <laughs> that was weirder than it than it was in my head gotcha. so they're they're about to you know do it and then the whole time i'm like man he hasn't showered and I don't even know how long she's been north of the wall and hasn't had a bath and Lord knows how long. So everybody else is probably like, wow, this is a really sexy scene. And I was trying not to puke because all I could think about <laughs> was just the gross side of it, like the smell and everything else. So yeah, you're welcome for that. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm with you. I mean, that they have to think about you know, the writers have to think about that kind of stuff. I mean, let's, you know, let's be realistic, but, uh, yeah, that I, I'm with you. That's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what makes back circling back to the topic that we were originally talking about, oh, yes. uh, what, what makes the zombie apocalypse different in New Hampshire is that we're really spread out up here. Uh, everybody and their mother, has guns and we have very few uh, fart butts coffee chains around here. So if you're going to have a zombie apocalypse start with a coffee chain, it would probably be better. That would be one that doesn't have a lot of uh, foothold in the area. So, and I mean, I drive for work, I'm all over the place and we're mountains, trees, and we're just so spread out. I was like, yeah, I would really, really struggle to take hold north of our, you know, capital city. So, I just thought it'd be a interesting new take on something that's borderline oversaturated at this point. <laughs> well, so, so. you said spread out and guns for a second. I thought you were talking about Texas, but but, but we are talking about New Hampshire, correct? Yep, yep. And, and we do have a lot of similarities. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. That's going to uh, happen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it's too. It's like early onset Alzheimer's or something. <laughs> That's okay. Johnny will take care of that. Johnny's my editor, so he'll he'll uh, he'll Hi, take John. good care. Of, he'll take good care of all the awkward pauses. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that's good. <laughs> oh man. So, um, 
so, so back to the um, uh, hockey for a second. When sure. and how did you discover you suck at hockey and do you still play? Uh, I do still play. Um, <laughs> just just a, a quick parameter. What's the what's the language <laughs> restrictions here? Are we are we, we cool to let it fly or do yeah, I have to church it up? No, no, no. This is a podcast, brother, so just uh, <laughs> okay. blast away. Whatever you're well, feeling. It's not, it's not pretty, but for, like my parents didn't let me play growing up because they didn't love me. So I had to teach myself how to play and everything, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So I still do play, uh, in leagues around here uh, just for fun. You know, we don't take it seriously, but when, when was the first time I realized I sucked? Probably the first time I ever played against other people because <laughs> I, <laughs> I grew up in the middle of nowhere and my friends all lived like 20 minutes away and my parents didn't want to drive me anywhere. So, and if my mom hears this, she's going to think that I made her sound like such a jerk, but it was my dad. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, on the pond by myself, I was Wayne Gretzky, but when I played with other people, I was well a, a pylon. So it uh. took, yeah, that was when I was like, oh, if I'm going to be in the NHL, I got to really start practicing. And then that never happened. So <laughs> it was a very young age that I realized I was probably never going anywhere with it. And most people would probably have a plan B, but no, <laughs> I, figured, I figured that was probably a bad idea for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So you were, you were going to make that uh, hockey work no matter what. And uh uh, until a pan, plan B popped in your head, I guess. I guess. I, I don't know. Looking back, I probably should have done something, you know, because I, I would I would shoot a lot in the driveway, mm. you know, with a, a ball and a makeshift hockey goal. Mm-hmm. But that, that's not going to do anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> now, since we have very little ice down here and the lakes never freeze over, I'm going to ask some some questions uh, for our Southern audience. You, you, said, right, you, you said you played on a pond and, and I have been on a frozen lake before up in Minnesota and it's very rough. Yes. So, so what, what, tell me about how that works, the frozen ponds and playing hockey on them and how do they smooth them out and all that stuff? Well, if you're really, really fortunate, the ice freezes on a non windy day. Um, and especially before the snow comes, if it's a nice calm day and you get a, a lot of cold weather all at once, you can get really glassy ice. If it's too cold, it'll start to crack, you know, pressure cracks and whatnot. And then then when you're skating, you just have to worry about catching your blade in a rut and then flying across the ice and landing hard. But um, if you're fortunate enough to live near a pond or a lake where you can freeze it every night with a hose, then you can make your own ice way better, but you're really at the the mercy of mother nature if you don't have that kind of ability. So a lot of it's just pure. I live really close to a lake and, you know, it just seems lately that the timing has been awful. It'll freeze the next day. It'll snow like six, seven inches. (laughs) And for, for people in the South, that's like, not that much for us, <laughs> but I think last year, I don't even know how many inches of snow we got, but it was, it was a lot. It was a very, very cold winter. Perfect for, you know, skating as far as the temperature goes, but not so much for shoveling it off. Cause that's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Now, how do you know when it's safe to go out on the ice? If you see other people falling through, it's not safe. <laughs> you know, you recruit a dumb kid and you just push him out there. If he falls through the ice, well, natural selection. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, uh, it's only an inch of ice will support one skater. But usually if it's been, if, it, if it's a really good cold streak and you can see that it's been frozen for a while, you know, then for the most part, it, you just kind of know as dumb as that sounds, but we've lived up here. Our, I've lived here my whole life. So you just kind of know when it's ready. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I remember walking on a lake in Minnesota and, and you could see you know, it would crack and you could see water moving under the ice, but you could also tell it was real thick too. And I thought 
man, this doesn't feel safe, but you know, it was, I think it was January or something. And then, oh, yeah. you know, the guy that I was visiting or he and his wife and said, Oh, trust me, it's fine. And then we rode the snowmobile out there and spun around and I hit a golf ball out there. I was really disappointed. I thought the golf ball would just go forever, but it was so <laughs> jagged. It just, it, you know, it, yeah, it was, it was a disappointment, but anyway, uh, one more story about me and, and that, uh, experience. So, um, but friends I'm visiting, they said, well, you know, he says, look, you want to go grab a beer? So we went to have a beer. We walk in, you know, it's this little dive bar on the lake. And we walk in and these guys are sitting around the bar. You know, everybody's got a beer, but they all have binoculars. And I said, well, why, why do they have binoculars? And he says, they're fishing. So what do you mean they're fishing? And he said, there's, you know, a little orange flag out there that pops up. When there's a fish on their line, they get on their whatever and they go out and get their fish. Is, is that is that a common practice in New Hampshire? <laughs> or how do, how, do, how do y'all roll there as far as ice fishing goes? We have bob houses, so people will mm. put a decent amount of money into a little shack that they <laughs> pull out onto the lake, and then mm. they just hang out there and usually get drunk and fish uh some people will just sit outside next to their snowmobile and drink and fish uh, and which again none of that appeals to me but you know more power to them i guess so yeah, yeah. It, it's just a it's a lot of sitting it looks like yeah you know? I, i've seen those pictures of people inside those things and I, you know i guess that's why i've never personally been a big deer hunter either just sitting in a stand uh, i don't know i've always hunted birds and like walking around you know pheasant quail that kind of stuff but uh, right yeah that just doesn't doesn't appeal to me but no offense to people that like to do that because i know a lot of people like to do that so yeah i meant oh, i meant so much offense so <laughs> i'm kidding i can tell <laughs> excuse me mm. uh <clears throat> No, I'm right. joking. Yeah, yeah. I know CPR. Oh, uh, yeah, a lot of good that'll do me, Mike. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Gilmanton, New Hampshire. If you would paint a picture for us, for us uh, of what life is like in Gilmanton, New Hampshire. Where, whereabouts well, uh, geographically are you in New Hampshire? Well, <clears throat> it's pretty much right in the middle. Okay, um, may, maybe more to the south. But not by much. Uh, just picture a lot of trees and a lot of nothing else. That's mm. pretty much it. We do have lakes and mountains, but um, I grew up at the end of a dead-end dirt road. Mm. And like I said, my friends all lived at least 20, 25 minutes. So it was just my two sisters and I that would play out in the, in the woods all the time because we didn't have cable <laughs> so it was very you have to entertain yourself or you're not entertained i mean i loved it i would not want to grow up differently than the way i did because it was ideal for a for a kid you know just right. you could go out play outside do whatever you wanted to do within reason of course yeah. and uh you know it was a pretty awesome way to grow up actually yeah way better than the uh you know nose and the phone and the stupid video games 24 7 don't get me wrong i like video games but not like uh fortnite when you get home and <laughs> just play it all night no thanks sure so did you do any other sports or um winter or summer activities besides hockey i mean when i was a kid played base baseball soccer mm. i mean that's really the the only thing i did growing up was play sports mm. and uh could throw before I could walk one of those things where that was really the only thing I was good at. And when I say good, I mean <laughs> like, okay. Uh, I didn't look completely ridiculous playing sports. So it was just, I mean, really that's what I did all through high school. I walked, I played sports and I watched Buffy you know, and Top Gun. Yeah. Bu that's Buffy, pretty much it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hell yeah! I was the most boring teenager on the planet. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't party, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do drugs, because my parents would have killed me. So it was just, you know, sports, and that was pretty much it. Hanging out with my friends and yeah, no, it's all good. Watching, um, yeah. I'm sorry, you were gonna say watching. Was there another show? 
Uh, well, Buffy was pretty much my favorite, but you know, I don't want to <laughs> just say that I only watched that because that sounds sad. <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> again, we didn't. We don't have everything up here closes at like eight o'clock yeah. on you know a weekday, and if you're mm-hmm. really lucky, something will stay open until nine o'clock on the weekends. So we really didn't have much in the way to do in the conventional way. So mm-hmm. we would just. You know, hang out, play sports, or watch movies. You know, it was really, really simple. How, how big is Gilmanton population wise? Uh, population wise, is not very big. I mean, the state of New Hampshire. I don't even know if it has a million people in it. If it mm. does, it's just barely. Mm-hmm. I think our biggest stupid hiccups are back. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the biggest city we have is probably Manchester, and maybe a hundred thousand people live there maybe i don't know yeah. it's a, we it's a really small state with not a large population the further south you go the closer to massachusetts you get so mm. it kind of gets hev- more heavily populated yeah but mo- most people when you say new hampshire they they have no idea where that is unless you're from yeah. this area <laughs> i actually <laughs> um drove to concord back yeah. about three years so I, I think i've been through that's kind of the majority of the because concord i i think it was almost close to canada so i think i drove <laughs> verti- vertically i drove through most of new hampshire is that is that correct do i have my geography uh, correct i live about half hour from concord and it's about uh, i'd probably say two to three hours from from the quebec border so yeah we're we're, we're up here yeah um and you know we're pretty close to those Canadians, so. <laughs> but at least they like hockey. Now, you might be curious why I was in Concord. I am. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for asking. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted by my dog. <laughs> I thought you maybe had hiccups again. No, I, okay, so. Uh, I, I'm also, my wife and I are big, uh, Breaking Bad fans. So we, <clears throat> I don't Did you say Breaking, Breaking Bad? Correct. Correct. Okay. Breaking yep. Bad. So, uh, do you watch the show? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, just a quick synopsis. It's, it's about a teacher that, um, basically he's a chemistry teacher and he learns how to make meth and finds out that he has cancer so he wants to make a lot of money to support his family because he's anticipating on passing away so he starts starts making meth and anyway they make meth in this this it's a 1988 bounder rv (laughs) that they drive out to the desert the the setting of the show is in new mexico so they drive out to the desert to make this meth so I tell you all that to lead into why I was in Concord. <laughs> I had this wild idea to get a 88 bounder RV <laughs> and turn it into a food truck and sell food items with a Breaking Bad theme, right? Sound great. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like meth burgers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuff like that, you know. And, and uh, so I found four... 88 bounder RVs, two in Canada that didn't run, one somewhere up in the Northwest. And so believe it or not, Concord, which I think is a 30 hour drive from uh, Houston, was the closest running 88 bounder I could find. So my wife and I grabbed a flight, went up to Boston, (laughs) drove up to Concord, got the RV. This is uh, in late December. So we pull out of the lot, and you know the the gas is sitting on these. So the first gas station I pulled in, you know, saw I pulled into, <clears throat> they're closed. And mind you, I've never driven an RV. This was a thirty-seven foot Class A RV, <laughs> and I pulled into this gas station that was uh, abandoned. And so I'm like, well, okay, I need to get out of here, but I can't because the way they did the snow, they built this big snow bank that was about. Well, to me, it was big because I'm in an RV and it was about two feet high and I didn't know how to turn the thing around. So I just, I gunned it and just plowed. Right <laughs> Did it work? Yeah. <laughs> and my wife's following me in the rent car. Of course, she's on the phone call. I'm like, what are you doing? And anyway, we we eventually made it to Boston. Uh, that it, That's a story all in itself. But we, we did make it back to Houston. The uh, the darn thing never uh, uh, 
materialized into a food truck business. Uh, uh, actually, that's had a it, lot. That's I, a uh, lot of work. Oh my gosh, it's a lot of work and way more money than I thought. I, I you know. That's me, though. I don't always research things like I should. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you definitely have a kindred in that regard. <laughs> well, that, that's why I thought you'd be interested in the story. It was, it was a very spontaneous <laughs> thing. Uh, one of my employees actually ended up living in it for about a year. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and then after he moved out, I sold it. And that was that. But uh, anyway, that well, was my see, story with Concord. Served, <laughs> it served a purpose. It did. And, and I would never live it down if I didn't if I didn't correct you in how to say conquered. Conquered. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, trust a Texan we to watching. say it want wrong. Correct. Yeah. What was that? I said trust a Texan to say it wrong for sure. Oh that, no, listen, me. you're probably saying it right. We've just been saying it wrong for so long that it's the, the way the way it is. Because if you look at it, it's Concord. But uh, well, thank uh, you. We were, we were watching we were watching Dawson's Creek not that long ago. Yeah, I know. Insert making fun of me right here. Uh, well, there is a theme, Mike, about... with uh, Buffy. And... <laughs> yeah. Listen, the 90s were awesome, all right? Obviously. <laughs> yeah. So they, they go to a film festival in Hooksit, New Hampshire, but you could definitely tell that they had never been to Hooksit, New Hampshire, because it's, it's spelled hook set you know but yeah. they were pronouncing it hook set <laughs> so anybody from this area was like wow they have never been here before <laughs> so but you know at least it was cool to hear the, the name of a town that's only like 45 minutes away on a reasonably successful show absolutely even if what was that i said absolutely yeah that's yeah that's cool because cool. who the crap has heard of hooks at new hampshire you know i haven't I, I had yeah. I had not heard of Concord until <laughs> until I go. decided to get in the food truck business that never materialized. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, the fact that you followed through with it that to that extent is impressive in and of itself. Because I would be like, "Where's the closest one? Is it near my couch?" Because if it's not, I'm not going. <laughs> 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 you know. Uh. Well, it, it, it was an adventure. That, there, there's a lot more to the story, but uh, I digress. So, We are very excited to have a new sponsor at Yorkron. Luxury men's clothing lines Thaddeus and Tad are now combined on one website. They belong to the same family. They share DNA might as well have their clothes all in the same place too. Both brands are typically sold at Nordstrom's, Bergdorf's, and unique upscale boutiques, but you can find them online at thaddeusandtad.com. Thaddeus, the uncle, is a collection of sportswear for the man who always arrives well-dressed, but sometimes breaks the rules. Quality fabrics are important, but so are comfort, fit, and details. Some of the pieces are washed and weathered, others more crisp. Thaddeus is designed for the man who is current and comfortable in his own skin. Tad, the younger nephew, is more rugged, more washed and weathered, but willing to learn from the past. Tad is the nephew of Thaddeus, sharing the same namesake and DNA, but interpreted for a new generation of sportswear. Tad is more casual, suggesting a more worn-in, easy look. The fit is slightly slimmer and trimmer. Tad fits the mind and body of a man who wants to put his own stamp on the traditions he has inherited. For menswear that is a tad dressy and a tad disheveled, shop online at thaddeusandtad.com. How did your okay. interest in zombies and poke post-apocalypse develop? Uh, I don't really know other than uh, it just seems like <laughs> at the risk of sounding really dumb, it sounds like a simpler life. And there's something about that that's appealing. You don't have you don't have bills. You don't have to. All you have to worry about three set, three things, food, shelter, and what was the other one? <laughs> Clothing? Oh, water. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that are those big concerns 
hell yes, they're big concerns, but you know, it's just, I think, um, stuff like the zombies and, and other things like post-apocalyptic things like the fallout video game series, I think they're so successful because it's just such a, a drastic escape from our everyday normal humdrum not and if I just going through the motions and praying that the weekend gets here and you get to do something fun on said weekend. So I think it's kind of tied in. I mean, I think it's that really, it's just a, a fun escape. There's that super dramatic element of just humanity being pushed to the brink of oblivion. Everything means so much more. Every decision you make means something where it's, you know, you go to you go to your job, and every decision you make is just like when you have to, or you'll get in trouble. You know, right. so zombies are cool because you know you could get eaten. I also like vampire stuff, not Twilight. That crap was awful. So, <laughs> and I I apologize to the lady who wrote it. I don't even know what her name is. That's okay. Her but, lawyer will be contacting me. I'll let you know. <laughs> but vampires, when they go outside in the sun, they they die. They don't turn into big gay disco balls. They die. <laughs> <laughs> if if the biggest, I, I may or may not go on a rant about this in in book two, by the way, uh, <laughs> because somebody in the book calls me out for my love, Buffy. But <laughs> it's just. There has to be rules, right? There has to be boundaries. Otherwise, the whole world would be overrun with vampires because some guy would be like, hey, look at that dude, sparkling, what a weirdo. And then the vampire would just be like, yeah, well, guess what? I'm going to eat you. Yeah. You know? They just have their and way. Then, They're like the shark of, of everything. Yeah. And then the whole world would be vampires because sure. they just eat everybody. Yeah. So then the vampires wouldn't have anything left to eat. So, again, they need boundaries. Right. There has to be predators, and then there has to be, you know, the things that predators eat or pray. Yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. I get but there it. also has to be like the, if you go out in the sun, you're going to erupt in flames because sure. then you have to catch people while they're outside at night. Right. I mean, it's oh, sorry that the movie just, I, <laughs> I rented it because it was a vampire thing. I was like, Hey, I like vampire stuff. I had no idea what it was. And it was one of those things where the entire time, I was just waiting for it to get better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like it has, it has to get better at some point. And Kristen Stewart's all morose and depressed the whole time. And just like her, like <laughs> at the risk of quoting, uh, <laughs> arrested development, just her. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. it was one of those, like, I, I wouldn't fight a cold for that chick in that movie. I'm not going to fight a giant doggy looking werewolf thing. You'd be like, <laughs> Winner gets to have her for eternity. That's a hard pass. Yeah. You, you have fun with her. I'm going to go like bowling or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really random choice to go do. I don't know. It just popped into my head. So. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. I'm uh, Yeah, bowling. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Again, it's one of those things that we have up here that actually stays open past like 9 o'clock on a weekend. So oh, wow. If, yeah, if you feel like getting like super crazy, you go bowling. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm, we I'm, I'm, I'm warming up to Gilmanton. I'm warming up to Gilmanton. Uh, one oh, no, one sport at a time. I'm saying. Oh, the, oh the, okay. So I have to drive around to find that bowling alley that's open. That's not... <laughs> we, we have like four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do have nightclubs in the bigger cities, but usually you're either just going to get an STD or stabbed. That happened a couple times. I mean, not to me, obviously. Oh. I, I was too busy not going. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you want to go to a club? No. Do yeah. I look like the kind of guy who wants to go to a club? I do not. Yeah. I I, I don't like being stabbed, and I don't like getting STDs. So. <laughs> well, I mean, the STD thing. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's all right. The stabbed, now you're pushing it too far. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have my scruples, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you can live through an STD stab now. That's questionable. That's yeah, just questionable. ask Magic Johnson. That dude, like, 800, was still with HIV, and he's super successful. I want what he has. He's rich and successful. <laughs> I was just living up here in New Hampshire without HIV and sucking at life. So. Well, I don't think you want everything he has. 
No, probably not. Yeah. I mean, I'm not positive. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is risk involved. But um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of derailed. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. Um, the, the more derailing, the more interesting it is. So that's good. <laughs> Unless you're Magic Johnson. And well, well yeah. Yeah. Offended. yeah. Yeah. Please, nobody hashtag on this yeah. one. But uh, still rich and famous. So I guess you can't be that sad. Yeah. Um, that sad and yeah. angry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, what walking dead and, uh, as I said earlier, I'm a big fan and what, are there some comparisons or contrasts you can, uh, make between walking dead and the dead drive series? Well, um, you know, the, the consequence of choice. Yes. I mean, I tried to make it more of the funny side of the zombie apocalypse, but at the same time, there's still that super serious element and, and it's life and death. Obviously every choice you make, Hmm. um, can determine your fate pretty much. So there are similarities in the, in, in that regard. And obviously the zombies kind of (laughs) similar, but, Hmm. uh, I think the walking dead is a lot more, well, the comic book, um, I've never actually read the full thing. I've read a, a little bit of it. Um, and that's way more graphic than, than the show is and is allowed to be because they're, mm. you know, it's on AMC, so you can, you can only do so much. Yeah. But, uh, I, man, when I first started watching that show, I loved it. And I still, I still, I'm, I'm not caught up. I'm like two seasons behind because it just slowed down a lot. And I'm also kind of wondering why, okay, these guys are jerks here. So why not just, you know, go somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that would just be me, I guess. I, yeah, so. there, there are some some writing questions that I have about that show too, and and I've always wondered, um, you know, how deep do the writers go into a show, not knowing the success level and and how many seasons they have to think about, you know, and, and yeah. as you watch it, you start to see repeated themes. Uh, you know, struggles of power and communities and struggles between leaders. And, and, you know, in the midst of all that, there's these zombies that just kind of, uh, after a while, it's, you even wonder how they fit into the story, you know? And, uh, so, uh, but I, I go back to something you said earlier, I thought was really interesting that, um, yeah, life in some ways is simpler. You know, you, you get rid of all the electronics and the social media and all this stuff, this new world that we, uh, that we live in today, which is, you know, so much different, um, for me, for everybody, I guess, 20, than 20 years ago to, to just going back to really where it's almost like, uh, mankind went full circle, you know, just going oh, back we're, we're to cavemen now. Yeah. Yeah. Just going back to, uh, at least talk about the walking dead, um, I mean, there's still a little gas left and some cars and things like that, but but for the most part, you're surviving every day, and every day is going to be different. You know, it's not this planned routine as you kind of alluded to, uh, and I think that's what makes uh, that show interesting. People imagining themselves in that situation, could they survive? I think oh, yeah, that's half the fun of it. Yeah, right, right. Just imagining I, oneself in that situation. We. I mean, there are a lot of differences from the walking dead to dead drive. Um, up here we have, I mean, in, in the books, we still have working electricity. We still have, uh, cell grids. And I mean, I, I work for, <laughs> I work for the electric company <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not going to say their name and totally embarrass them and, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then get fired. Cause I still have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cause I don't, you know, that would be a bad idea. Yeah. So, um, but working with the electric company and I have a lot of phones, uh, a lot of phones, geez, I'm crow. I have a lot of friends that work in, in the phone company. Mm-hmm. So knowing, knowing what I know about the electrical grids and the phone grids, uh, those would actually survive quite a while. They're made to run themselves. So barring some kind of cataclysmic letdown of all functions, which would only happen like, I mean, yeah, it would probably happen after a while, mm-hmm. but I mean, the story that I wrote is set while it's happening and immediately after. 
So you, we still have that in, in a lot of places. You still have the running light, uh, <laughs> the cell, the cell grids up. You still have working electricity and running water. And, and it's going to be that way for a while. We don't know when it's going to shut off. We don't know when the, the grids are just going to poop the bed and mm. we don't know when the power is going to be lost, except for in New Hampshire, we go out of our way to make sure that the stuff stays up and running and try to keep life as normal as you possibly can keep it. Mm. So where I live in New Hampshire in the story, it's a, a safe haven. I mean, it's, we have big walls that we are erected after everything went down. And like I said, we're so spread out up here that we would have the ability to do that. And if, especially if all hands on deck scenario where people were working to build walls, it, it could get done pretty fast around here. So, so there, there are some stark differences. It's not as, uh, as dumb as it's gonna is gonna sound, it's not all doom and gloom. Mm. It's there's still that you know taking time to to enjoy the little things. That's a, a huge aspect. It, I was just at a, a local festival this weekend, this past weekend, uh, selling a book, something I've, I've never done before. <laughs> and let me tell you, that was a that was an experience. But it, yeah, <laughs> talk, well, okay, let, yeah, let's uh, let's hear about that because that. That sounds pretty cool, and this was your first experience, obviously. So, uh, what was that like? Um, <laughs> it was it was in uh, a town that I lived in for quite a while, mm-hmm. and uh, it was pretty much what I expected. A lot of a lot of talking about the books, which was which was fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of <laughs> of huge crowds of people, so or you know people in general. Thus, <laughs> again, the appeal of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. So. And anybody who's ever driven, I'm pretty sure you can understand why I don't like people that much. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was actually a, a great um, event for the books because it was actually, I mean, nobody's ever heard of me. I'm, I'm I don't have a name. I'm not Stephanie Meyer. Is that the chick who wrote Twilight? Wow, that just came to me. <laughs> well done. <laughs> no. <laughs> my hetero street cred just took a huge hit so, and i don't i don't have a lot of uh credit left in that area either so uh nor am i jk rowling you know so it's like my 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 advertising is is minimal at best it's facebook friends it's it's just trying to get it out there for people to to hear about it so sure. pumpkin fest that should let you know how hard we party here in New Hampshire. Mm. Uh, it was, it was pumpkin fest <laughs> and, mm. uh, sold the, sold a hundred books in a little, about two days. Um, Good which is, you. you know, pretty solid for yeah. somebody who's never been heard of. Yeah. Um, and plus all of the people laying their eyes on it. That was, that was pretty neat. That's and cool. just like I said, getting to talk to people about it and, also getting a uh, church going people to witness to me about how, uh, <laughs> how there's no apocalypse without Christ. And apparently that lady thought star Wars was a documentary, but you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> never, never heard of fiction. <laughs> so, and the, the, the real fun part was I was selling, <laughs> I was selling the books, which are a super parental advisory, by the way, yeah. uh, across from the church that I grew up in. <laughs> uh... <laughs> So How that ironic. Was weird. <laughs> right? uh, yeah, I mean, it, when I, <laughs> it was a big step outside of the comfort zone to put the books out there to begin with. Because um, writing is a pretty personal thing. It's kind of giving somebody a direct look into your brain and how it works. Cause you can hide how stupid you are every day, but if people see your words in print, they'd be like, wow, this guy's a lot dumber than I thought he was. <laughs> Cause he actually <laughs> thought about this before he wrote it and he had exactly. it edited and he read it probably five or six times after that. <laughs> and oh, he man. still left it on the paper. <laughs> the scariest thing I've ever done was giving, uh, giving the books to, to Melanie Saxton, my, my editor, because she was, she became the one person on the planet who could tell me that I sucked at yet another thing. And this would be like the one that was like, okay, maybe I thought I had a decent amount of skill in this one area, but if she tells me that this sucks, then well, I am just stuck forever. (laughs) Shout out to Melanie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The the person that brought us together. Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) So, so she told you you sucked. Or your book sucked? 
no, no. I was oh. I was worried that she was going oh, to. Oh, okay. And, I was and, like, yeah. And, <laughs> that doesn't seem no. like her nature. I was like, man, that must have really sucked. My God. Uh, she 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 got really really blue. She it was like Morse code. <laughs> just every word bleeped. I'm just kidding. She she's gonna kill me for saying that. She was <laughs> she was nothing but respectful and super helpful. Uh, very um, encouraging about the whole thing. She actually uh, loves the books. So that was a huge um, a feeling of accomplishment, knowing that somebody in said business likes the books, then that was kind of like maybe the green light to do something. Plus I gave them to my super religious sister to read. And I was like, if, <laughs> if I can win her, I was like, if I can win her over with all the, potty humor that's in here then maybe i really do have something with it <laughs> so, so how did that go it went it went really well really uh, yeah. yeah she and melanie hated the same exact part so i, I took that uh, out okay well <laughs> yeah that's, that's a consensus yeah you know that's that's, that's funny you said that because uh, i've kind of halfway joked uh, no pun intended about doing one of those open mic nights and uh so i always run my jokes um by my wife early in the morning and i figure you know if i get a laugh because she's not a morning person so if i get a laugh yeah. it's gold and uh, yeah so far i've not discovered any gold but <laughs> <laughs> well, i just snorted uh <laughs> well i mean maybe i don't know maybe she's just really rude uh, she should maybe she should just apologize to you well it, it, what upsets her is that when we're out in the crowd I'll run them by and you know people will laugh and then she looks at me and she'll start yelling at them going that's not funny don't laugh you're just going to encourage them and I, you know, so uh, yeah. but, but I, what I'm saying is uh, I guess is that uh, that's that's smart to, to take it to what might be your most hostile audience which in your case would be your religious sister and run it by her and you know if if, if she doesn't like something and melanie doesn't like something man you you you're i think you're dead on to take it out yeah oh yeah it was uh it was a, a it was a phrase that really didn't it didn't add anything except for you know every guy who read it giggled at it and most most girls would just roll their eyes but i figure if they both hate it and melanie said and i quote that uh she really liked the characters in the book right up until that point and then she wanted us all dead so <laughs> i was like all right that that could probably go then. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's a strong uh, no. statement from her. Yes, uh, <laughs> I can see why you pulled that. Of course, now my curiosity is peaked. But uh, uh, maybe maybe you can have a male version and you know a one for everybody and the kids. <laughs> well, I still it was one of those. I mean, you know how guys are. I mean, we just talk to each other about dumb stuff, and hmm. we can speak in such a shorthand and and. and I suck at coming up with characters. I will sit in one spot for 40 minutes trying to come up with a character name. So instead of doing that, I was just like, Hey, why don't I just write about uh, myself and my group of friends? Cause um, truth be told, I think we're <laughs> endlessly fascinating because <laughs> if you weren't, if you were not, if you were listening to how we talk to each other and you didn't know us, you would think we absolutely hated each other. Because I mean, all we do is make fun of each other, each other's moms. No, uh, and, I get and, that yeah. totally. I totally get that, man. That's yeah. that's, that's when your bonding is at its strongest. If you're oh, polite yeah. to I the mean, dude, you uh, there's friction. <laughs> we we can say pretty much whatever we want to right. each other, yeah, and and it. know that it's with zero malice, you know, and yeah. it's when you're that comfortable with a group of people, then, you know, you got a good thing going on. And, and uh, even though most people <laughs> see the, the surfacey potty humor element to us, cause Oh yeah, that's there. There's also that deep uh, bonding that you get with a group of guys it sounded really weird. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean the, the book, I mean, it's, it's a buddy comedy with, with zombies in it. And I mean, it's, there's so many different ways I could describe it. <laughs> and I was, this is what I was having trouble with at pumpkin fest, by the way, other than, you know, <laughs> pumpkins was, 
was pumpkins and staring at the church across the street. <laughs> yeah, I was just waiting, waiting for that lightning bolt to come down. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> was explain because if you if you tell people that it's about the zombie apocalypse, half of the people are going to be turned off, and half of the people are going to be super excited about it. So <laughs> it's to me, it's a lot more than just that. Like I said before, it's a late bloomers coming of age. Um, amidst tumultuous times and super crazy circumstances. I mean, a guy who's just been searching for answers his whole life. And like I said, he feels like he's called for something more. And then when the zombie apocalypse happens, it's all of a sudden he finds out that killing zombies is as natural as breathing. It's the one thing in life that he's good at. And there's a list a mile long of things that he wanted to be good at hockey right at the top of that list. Mm. And it just so happens that maybe he was never good at those things because what he was supposed to be good at was this. So his friends <laughs> and he, uh, <laughs> this is where it starts to sound stupid. So bear with me, unless it's already sounded stupid all the way up to this point, And I just don't know. I'm totally <laughs> Drake, I, I've got, I've got three follow-up questions, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> okay. So, um, he reaches out to his celebrity crush who's on the West coast, which has been completely decimated by the zombie apocalypse. Cause he's like, oh, I'll just shoot her a, a tweet and see if she's survived the whole thing. Mm. So, and he's recently single in the book. He's again, still ad adding to the ever expanding questions that need answers, but he doesn't know how to find them. Mm. So not expecting a response a little while later he gets one so they start a, a messaging uh friendship in a way it, well it just starts out as simple questions and you know he's trying to figure out what her situation is whether she's you know in impending doom safe blah 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 so over the next few days <laughs> blah 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 would really sell your book mike uh, <laughs> blah 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 is good hey don't give it all up here mike this, 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 is, this is the teaser time <laughs> so blah 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 yeah. blah so right. so they over the next few days they establish somewhat of a, a friendship via texting and stupid twitter and, and all that fun stuff and it kind of clicks like hey i'm really good at killing zombies and she and her friends are stranded in this hotel out west uh killing zombies is natural to me it's breathing maybe, maybe and something in him stirs like a a feeling of destiny you know mm. like maybe out on the road is where he's going to find his answers so he tells his friends that he's going to go out west and you know then <laughs> you get a uh road trip of buffoonery and stupidity of just guys being guys on the road mixed with a lot of action and some pretty intense situations and just i don't know like the more the more i talk about it the more i realize that it just sounds like a creepy weirdo writing about weird stuff no, I, it's, it's it's it to me it's a it sounds like a classic it's the hero saving the girl and you know on opposite coast in this case and and uh the it's interesting that it, it seems you know with electricity being available and twitter and phones and all this that it's kind of a mild apocalypse it's not that heavy stuff you see in walking dead you know there's uh like people are clean <laughs> <laughs> well, they definitely have that option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can go take a shower after they splatter blood all over themselves from killing a zombie, or you know. Okay, so one of my really critical follow-up questions: uh, How do you kill the zombie in your book? Can you, is that a spoiler alert, or can you tell us? No, no. It's I mean, you gotta gotta take out the brain. You know, destroy the brain. Same same so, way as as did. Same way. St I okay. stick. Yeah. I stick to the traditional zombie lore. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a traditionalist in that sense, like with the vampires. Yeah, you, you learn <laughs> from the vamp the poor vampire writing not to try to get out of some realm that people don't understand. That why aren't these zombies dying the same way that we know they can die? That kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And I mean, even though like uh, the virus affected different people in different ways, in some instances, there are sorry, I just burped. Uh, <laughs> there are <laughs> there are different 
type there's a different type of zombie and that's just a a more intelligent one but it's still a zombie you know yeah it has it has the ability to i don't want to give away too much but it has the ability to track you down and also trick you into going out to see if you know it screams so most people uh who have any kind of I guess, uh, carrying bone in their body would go see what, what's wrong, you know? And that's how it gets you out there. And then if it, if it even makes you bleed a little bit, it can, it can track you down. So there are, cause I mean, the only reason I thought of that, it would make sense is whether people like to admit it or not, there are people in society that are way smarter than other people. So (laughs) if you had this virus, it would probably affect different people in different ways. So so, I mean, it's not like any crazy, it's just slight differences that make it a little bit more scary. Yeah. And yes, there are those places where there's no electricity, no running water, no cell grid, nothing. Mm. And, uh, but where I am in the Northeast in, in New Hampshire, it's, it's safe. Everything's running and we work to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. So that's a, <laughs> it's a different take on it but keeping to the traditional you gotta you gotta take out the brain and that's how you kill them cool well I, yeah. i've got to say as a pretty much a non-fiction kind of person um my wife first suggested we watch walking dead she had actually started a little bit of it i think she watched like four episodes and she said we ought to watch that series and i'm like ah zombies no uh she said well let's just check it out and I got to say, I was hooked probably 20 minutes into the first episode. Yeah, that was a really good one. It, it, yeah, it, it just, it, it's, yeah, zombies sort of apply to the story, but it's way deeper than that. And so um, I, I would imagine anybody that's listening that might be uh, considering reading your book, you know, non and they're they're like me, a nonfiction type of person. Pick it up and read it. You know, you might surprise yourself, like I did when I watched that that uh, when I watched The Walking Dead and, and continue to do so today. The it's called the Dead Drive series, and we will be putting it on Eurocron.com. And uh, anything else uh, you want to promote, Mike? Well, just real quick to sure. touch back up uh, on that. It's uh, the zombies kind of become background in a lot of situations. Most situations, the story is uh, about his friends and um, <laughs> trying to trick this girl into liking him, <laughs> which not in like a Bill Cosby kind of way, just like an, an old fashioned. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so there weren't like quite loads thing. available uh, in, in your apocalyptic world. Like no, no Spanish fly, nothing. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> so it's just elbow grease, uh, pure luck. And I mean, Good. let's be honest, more yeah. often than not, guys need to, that's how we have to get girls anyways, by tricking them, because we're pretty disgusting creatures. But, yeah. Well, we um, can't be ourselves, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, that's always a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So. So like I said, the zombies become almost background a lot of times to the the romance element, to the, the friendship uh, element, and just are they there? Yeah, they're always there, and it's always a concern. It's like when, when you're having fun in a situation, you have to remind yourself that you can't get too loud because if you get too loud, then you're going to attract some unwanted guests. So it's uh, it really – I really do think it has something for everybody. And I'm not just saying that as, as the dude who wrote them and it's really hard coming out from a place where, uh, like I said before, the reason I never did anything with writing is because I thought everything I wrote sucked. So (laughs) it's a, it's a really hard, uh, thing to promote yourself when you have that other (laughs) side of you. That's just like, dude, this isn't that good. But when I was reading it the other day, I found myself laughing out loud numerous times. And I was just like, I would enjoy these if I didn't write them. Um, so if, if you like, if you like, uh, bromance comedies as they call them, (laughs) it has plenty of that. If you like action, it has plenty of that drama suspense it has that has the horror element a horror element not the horror element uh (laughs) with an h not a wh gotcha thank you and uh it it really just 
like I said, I do believe it has something for everyone. So if you like The Walking Dead, it has the same kind of intense darkness to it uh, underlying. And then the further the series goes, because book three is out now, um, and book four, I'm about halfway through writing, that's going to be the last one of the series. Um, the, The longer it goes, it also takes darker turns, and there's more of the human versus human struggle. And also with the zombies, of course. So, yeah, I just... Like I said, I, I'm very proud of this series. I worked really hard on it. Um, there, it's just one of those things where trying to get it out after you've written something is is just borderline impossible. So again, thank you for the opportunity to come on here and be stupid and talk about my books. <laughs> no, it, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. And uh, again, it's called the Dead Drive series, available on Amazon. We'll put it on yourcron.com. Um, Mike, uh, that was a, a, a lot of fun. And uh, I, I hope uh, you'll consider coming back on and, and chatting again. Um, Anytime. On your cron, we like to say that our guests have an opportunity to leave a part of their audio legacy in the form of a podcast. So say if in 100 years, hopefully it won't be a post-apocalypse and this recording (laughs) will still be around. What do you want people to remember about you, perhaps about your life or just anything in general? Uh, I guess just... I would like them to check them out and give them a shot because I do think that these books are and and the telling of the zombie apocalypse is different than any other telling of the apocalypse (laughs) that that you could find. I I do think it's unique and it's different and it's fun and also serious. And I just want them to give them a shot because, you know, it's good bathroom reading. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, that probably wasn't the great, the greatest way to leave my legacy, but. <laughs> well, but it's certainly memorable. It totally makes, yeah, it totally makes sense. So. Folks, get two copies, one for your bathroom and then one to take with you. <laughs> Again. And in a worst case scenario, you don't like it, you can use it for toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I would almost and I would never say this, I would almost guarantee that you will like them if you give them a shot, especially if you're a fan of irreverent comedy. Uh, Again, the political correctness has gone way too far, but there is none of that. It's you're in the apocalypse. You don't care what comes out of your mouth. You don't like, if you get bit on the arm, you're not gonna be like, Oh, dag nabbit. You're gonna be like, Oh shit. That really hurt. (laughs) Right. Who's going to care? The zombies? No. Yeah. No, no, nobody's going to care because you right. have bigger things to worry about. Right. Food, shelter, water. That's it. Right. Right. And not, not your potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, that was a lot of fun, Mike. Uh, thanks again for, for being on and uh, say hi to the folks up in Gilmanton, New Hampshire for us. And um, man, you have a great rest of the evening yourself. Thank you. I'm going to go watch the Bruins in about 25 minutes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, buddy. We'll, well, be, we'll be talking soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Seriously, I really appreciate it. Anytime, Mike.